I'm your host, Justin Land, and today I'm with Gary Temple Bodley, a channel and spiritual teacher. Hello, Gary. Hi, Justin. How's it going? Pretty good. Thanks. Good. Uh, no, always good to have you on the show. Um, always, uh, we go pretty deep, I think, and uh, it's always exciting to see what comes up. Uh, and I guess uh, what's come up for you at the moment that I find very, very interesting is I'm in your boot camp, so I've uh, we're up to boot camp number ten. I've, I think I've been through like since boot camp six or so. Mm -hmm. And before it was kind of laissez-faire. You know, the word boot camp didn't really make uh, too much sense because it's like <laughs> you feel like to do it, just do it, do the work. And now you kind of like did a turn for the the number ten boot camp, which also for me is a significant number. Uh, nine being the end of our reality as we know it. Uh, I think that that's a very, like the top of the mountain and then another reality starts with 10, which right. is another, another version of one. Right. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about this. It was interesting because it seemed like you came uh, like at a very, like you're being led by non-physical and you didn't know how things would turn out. And then you had an inspiration just before Bootcamp 10 starts. Maybe we can start there. Yeah. So. The first boot camp started a year and a half ago in January of 2019. At that point, I look back at myself then, and, and prior to that, I had never thought of myself as a spiritual leader and teacher. One of the things that the boot camp does is give you this idea of what your soul's purpose is, and in my case, it was to be a preeminent spiritual leader and teacher. And so once I went through that whole first boot camp, actually when it was being channeled, I got to this point where oh my God, that's exactly who I am. This is what I was meant to do my entire life. I'm now 56 years old, and this is what, what I'm here to do. And so I stepped into it, and then my life radically changed from that point on. It was like a new beginning. And so now I'm embracing this idea of who I am as a spiritual leader and teacher, and in that, I'm leading these boot camps with people all over the world who, who are uh, exploring why they're here, how this reality works, how they can be more effective, what their soul's purpose is, um, how to navigate this reality as it was intended um, in this space of love and acceptance rather than fear and control, and how does that work? And also, all these people who are doing it are the first ever to attempt this new approach to life and what will happen. And so it's this really interesting thing now of going through nine boot camps and the the whole setup was that Joshua says there is no wrong way to do this there is no right way to do this right you don't have to do anything you just do it at whatever your pace is and so so people would go in and they would do what they could and there was this huge range between some people would not really do anything and some people would do every single possible thing and then everywhere in between and it didn't really matter, you know, because you could always do another boot camp. Once you're in boot camp, you're in for life. So you could do another one and another one. And then some people would get more enthusiastic, their second or third one. And it just rolled from there. And every time someone took a boot camp, they would get more and more out of it. It's a very weird phenomenon that your third boot camp, you see stuff that you didn't see the first time. It's so weird. Anyway, so we get to this nine of them. And then there's this inspiration that comes that number 10 is going to be the last boot camp right and this boot camp is going to be a real boot camp and who's ever in it is going to do it fully you know and we're going to, and i'm going to do it fully and i'm really going to lean into it and 
and go as you know as strong as I can with really with the intention with the intention that we're going to scrap it all together and start something new you know later on in the year so who knows what's going to happen is a funny idea is to have something that's so successful and that is showing you know real changes in people especially over two or three or four boot camps and then just giving it up altogether mm-hmm. and then starting with something brand new I think that's what you have to do. You have to build something and not rest your laurels on that. You just let it go for the time it's supposed to go for, then scrap it or modify it or change it somehow, which I don't know how that's going to work, but then there's a new thing that's coming. And so you make space for this new thing that's coming. That's a, that's a very, uh, the new way of, of doing things. And it's, it's, there's the feeling of insecurity, of course, like you have to, trust that your guidance from Joshua non-physical is has something in mind for you which you cannot know yet and for your right. students and the the idea is yeah to erase or to not race but to stop something and um, let go of something and and just trust and I think that what's what we're learning so much in the process was just trusting the, the step two comes always, it's always step one and then step two. Right. And, and it's, it's exciting because um, I, I don't know any other book, there are others out there, but this, the idea of that appealed to me so much was non-physical is really guiding this process. You're not here, uh, you know, to, for your own, part of you is in it of course but it feels like you're allowing so much that the guidance comes from that place and that's where something really I believe very amazing can happen where you're, you know um and I, I, yeah what is your feelings about that like uh is, is that well something? we we all want to think we're in control and that all our all our beliefs set up our perception of reality in order to have this perception that we had control this, how it's going, right? And what we're learning is that the more you want to control your reality, the less control you have and the less effective it is and the more distressed you're going to feel. Because when you think things should go one way, you're really um, negatively impacting how it should go, right? And it's, it's this whole basis of how you approach life. So this, how all humans approach life, especially in Western society where we have some form of control, we say, I'm going to make more money. I'm going to have money in the bank. I'm going to be secure. I'm going to make sure my kids grow up this way. I'm going to make sure my wife acts this way. I'm going to make sure my boss and my customers act this way. I'm going to controlling it all. And then you realize that none of that works. It's completely a waste of time. And it just causes you to be stressed all the time. So imagine now that your life is unfolding magically if you would just get out of the way. But how do we get out of the way? That's the hard part. And you just have to have total faith. Now, the more often you practice this faith, the more evidence is shown to you that everything you truly want is coming to you if you would just get out of the way. You don't have to control any of it. And so the less control you apply, which is amazing because there's so much, you don't even realize how much you're controlling in your life until you start this practice of giving up control. But you're literally controlling every minute of it. It's, but it's like being on a roller coaster. What's the point of trying to control this roller coaster, right? It's not going to work. You don't have any control over it. So the idea is just to have fun and let it go and have faith that you're going to end up, 
you know, having a good time and then it'll be over at some point, right? So now we say, okay, I'm inspired to channel this bootcamp. So that was done in 21 days in November of 2018. Then after I channeled it, I, I was taking it as I channeled it. And then they said, okay, you're a spiritual leader and teacher. Now go ahead and teach this. And so I go, okay, I'll teach it. So got, a, got the first class together of 13 people and we did it. It was a, you know, compared to how we do it now, it was totally different back then, but it was, we had to start somewhere. And then, then eight weeks go by, you do another one and another one, another one, and here you're up to nine. And now you're sort of going with the flow of how this thing works and you're, you're, you have new ideas for, for how it works. And then you say, well, let's totally change this one up and do it totally differently. And uh, then you do that one. And then it's like, okay, it's pretty cool. This is a whole new thing. And then just to give it up, knowing that something else is coming, right? And what could that thing? Now, if you're going to hang on to this boot camp as your only source of income, right? You're going to be too scared to let it go. Yep. But if you know that every time you give something up, something new comes, you can be excited for this new thing that comes, even though you don't know how it's going to work out. You can't even imagine, but it always does. Mm. Yeah. So that's where we are now. No, and that, that, I, I, we're all, I mean, I'm fun. I'm on, I'm, that, I'm getting to that point now, of course, where I'm just like, yeah, I, I see every day the confirmation that I'm guided and you get more and more, I would say, we, we expect big changes and we but this is not a universe that is about like showing off. It's not about uh, you, what the ego or the persona thinks it wants is really what it wants it's, or what it needs. It's, it's more about you're on your path to in, growing in your worthiness, growing in your, your acceptance. And it's not a, a jump. It's not going to serve anybody any good to, to suddenly get a million dollars or, all these things that a lot of abundance boot camps or programs are about is, you know, how do I get that Mercedes in, in the garage? And you discover with yours that it's about allowing what you're meant to be in, in your reality to come forth and shine forth the spiritual teacher in, in your case. And actually, I think for a lot of people in the boot camp, we're all discovering that we have the same passion for about this material and learning it is a way of also teaching it because. Right. Um, I know for you, it's interesting because uh, you, you were a student of it as well, the material, it's coming through you. So you, it's obviously you have to figure out what it, what it all means. And, 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 you, and you're learning from your, I'm guessing from your students as well, because you have so much uh, contact. You're, you're always on Zoom. You're always uh, doing one-to-ones and you're really involved in, in this process. And I, I think that it's confirming to you a lot. Is that correct? Or yeah. yeah. So it, it is because the first uh, five years, it was just like, we're doing the podcast and I'm channeling and I'm a student of Joshua, like everyone else. And, but I had my, my other life, you know, I was playing poker professionally and I was doing houses and having fun and all that stuff. And so I had to go through those five years to get ready to do the next, you know, the next incarnation, which was me as a spiritual leader and teacher. And I couldn't have seen that because that first five years was getting comfortable with this weirdness of being a channel. And so now I'm much more comfortable with it, right? Now I'm getting more comfortable with being a channel and a spiritual leader and teacher where the lines between Joshua and Gary are starting to blur. And I'm understanding what's possible as human 
but it's what I really understand it has to be perfectly balanced okay so imagine that you have this mission in life right the soul's purpose that everything is guiding you towards but it isn't any big deal right <laughs> no. this is your entire soul's purpose to become a preeminent spiritual leader and teacher like the Dalai Lama or Deepak Chopra or Oprah or someone like that with it with your life still has to be a lot of fun too. Mm -hmm. And that's not gonna make you special, this thing, you know? You don't need to be special. You need to have fun and enjoy yourself. You need to understand your worthiness. I had a little experience recently where I really, really understood my worthiness. And in understanding my worthiness, I quit eating meat, I quit drinking coffee, I quit drinking wine, which I love. I quit all, quit, you know, all these things because I was taking myself so worthy, but also so seriously. Mm. So it got out of balance, right? Yes. So, so you have to say, okay, yes, I am ultimately worthy, but I'm also here to have a good time, yep. you know, and have fun and enjoy life. So it's this purely balancing act that you start to see as you go, you know, you, you get into these different stages of consciousness. I mean, when you start doing this work, it's all about, seeing your worthiness and then what could you do as this worthy person? What are the amazing things? And then again, that's, well, all that's ego, yes. right? You think you should be doing something you're not doing. What you should be doing is enjoying this life and acting on this inspiration to have as much satisfaction as you can. That's uh, absolutely, we have these images in our mind of what does it mean to be a worthy person and what kind of things does a worthy person do uh, and, you know, the, the Dalai Lama you mentioned, I, I mean, a wonderful being and equal, though, to all of us. It's not mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously he's on his path and we're on our path. But to say that he's happier or feels more worthy is a that's a jump in. You know, he's obviously feels more worthy in certain respects, but there's some experiences that he's not going to experience. He's not allowing himself to because of his beliefs. Right. And uh, so even he or Oprah, they, everybody has these limiting beliefs. We all do, but we have to acknowledge that uh, in ourselves and not try to, you think that another path is a better path or it's, right. all, it's an internal game. And, and, and that, that's pretty surprising because we're brought up, of course, wanting to earn worthiness. And, you know, if you, if you call yourself a spiritual teacher, some people are going to call, say, throw at you, you know, that, that sounds, you know, like a cult that sounds like, you know, you're, you're saying something you can't, you can't, that, that's just like, uh, you know, it's, it's misinformation, you know, but uh, it, it's, it's on point, obviously, because I think you came here for an exploration, a very particular one, and other people came for an explanation that's maybe to live a life like a Kardashian, and, and you're not going to say that maybe the Kardashian life is going to be less happy or less worthy than your life. That's not something you would ever claim, correct? I mean, you're right. Yeah. No, of course, it's uh, everyone, however they're living, the only purpose of life is to expand through experiences. And as long as you're having experiences, then you're doing what you came to do. So and when you transition to the non physical, you'll look back and you'll say, Oh, my God, that was amazing. That's just that's just all you're gonna say is Oh, my God, that was amazing. Yes. This, you know, like how you ride a roller coaster doesn't really matter. It was just the experience of riding the roller coaster. So, uh, but, you know, here again, I've discovered an approach to life that 
heightens the, the my Gary Bodley experience, right? So I used to have this life that was typical Western society, you know, efforting and struggling my way for success, getting some success, it all being meaningless, losing it all, and then realizing that there might be a better way to do this. And then everything starts coming, coming forward easily. And the better way of doing it is realizing that we have an inner self and the inner self is guiding us towards everything we truly want, but not necessarily towards anything we think we want. And so if we can just relax and say, hey, the things I think I want aren't, aren't really based in anything other than my fear that I'm not having them, right? Like I think I want financial security. Well, I've always had financial security in that I've always had a house and a car and place, you know, and food, right? And I've always had water and I've always had the things that I've needed. I've never not had that. So for me, that's basically a given. <clears throat> so they worry about it month after month after month. Where's the money coming from? It's just a drain on the energy. Now, if I could relax and say, I'm just going to enjoy today. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I have faith that something's going to come. And then I'm going to be receptive to the inspiration that comes. And then let my inner self, who is me, who understands what I came here for and, and how to magnify the satisfaction in life, right? Then I just go with that and then everything unfolds and I get invited to a trip to New York like we did and invited to Paris last year and, and all these new people coming and all these interesting podcasts to do and all these great fun ideas. That's really a hundred times more satisfying than my old Western life. So this is my passion right now is to teach this new approach to life, which seems radically crazy unless you understand how the universe works and what we're here to do and who we truly are and this time of awakening, which is a very unusual time too. We have so much technology now and so much ways to understand communication and to realize that, that the path that we're on as humans is unsustainable and that the obvious solution to this is to approach life in a radically new way and to move away from fear and towards love. And once, once we're do, doing that, we're probably the first that are doing that as more and more people follow, as more, more people get interested in the law of attraction and, you know, and see things from this higher perspective, like we're seeing it from, then, then the, all the solutions will start flowing easily. And we will be able to transition from that fear and control approach to life into a love and acceptance approach to life. And of course, there'll be some, some change happening there, some, some, you know, freaking out, some fear, but we're moving towards this now. And, I, and everything that's happening, coronavirus and the economy and Black Lives Matter and all this stuff is happening right now for a reason to bring us more and more together, so. Oh, you, yeah. you, obviously people would say that uh, your inner self is embodied or how do you say, uh, comes to you in the, um, in the persona, but you call it Joshua. So that, is that your, is your inner self the part of that conglomerate, we can conglomerate, but I mean like that entity. Yeah, yeah it's hard to define what Joshua is, <clears throat> so. So what Joshua is, is, um, is a consensus of infinite intelligence plus my inner self that is flowing through me in a way 
that um, that is unique because my personal interests are unique. I, I'm really interested in, you know, in in self improvement. In I've been interested in that my whole life. In how do you how do we optimize this machinery of the human, the belief systems, all that, and it's come through in a way that I never expected it to and totally unique kind of philosophy here that does, that does not oppose any other philosophy either, which is very interesting. But the one thing that I thought and what's interesting about this show is that you're talking to channels. All of the channels are teaching the same information in unique ways. There's no, there's no discord between any of them. There's, they're all completely compatible. Mm -hmm. And you look at Abraham, just all of Abraham's speeches of all these 30 plus years and all the writings, there's not one inconsistency in any of it. No. And then same with Joshua in the last seven years, not one inconsistency in any of it. And then between Abraham and Joshua, there's no inconsistency. Mm -hmm. And then between Abraham and Joshua and any other channel you want to bring up, there's no inconsistency at all. Bashar, anyone, it's amazing. I have, right? to say, I have to say about Bashar, there, the inconsistency, uh, there, there have been a few cases where the channel has made a prediction of the future. And, and anytime that happens, they often say the energy is kind of like this is tending towards this event. And right. one thing I remember Bashar saying was um, underneath the Sphinx, uh, there will be discovery uh, that will be very monumental. And it, that was, it was an eminent, that was like many years ago. Uh -huh. And it didn't happen yet, or maybe it did happen. We just didn't hear about it. But uh, there, you know, I, I think that's the one thing that any with some channeling, there is some sort of and and, and whatever. Of course, Joshua never does that. It's never. There's, there's never been a case like. I think with with the coronavirus, there was a bit of uh, you know we should embrace it and and then see the positive, and 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 that will of course give more of a positive. A realization of what, what will happen will come to transpire, but uh, there isn't a, a desire from these entities to lead us no. in, in a way which is very, <laughs> very interesting because usually in re religions and other systems, there's always some sort of goal that's a bit more obvious to realize heaven on earth, for example. This terminology is not used. There right. is no in, if heaven for you would be heaven different for me. It's not something that's specific, you know. It, it's it's and, and I've, 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 that's what's really drawn me to the material and the authenticity of it. Uh, yeah, definitely. yeah. The okay. So the interesting thing about the future is that, <clears throat> from my perspective, is the future changes with any decision anyway. So I think it's very hard for you know. Um, there's always this idea that. <clears throat> Why isn't Joshua coming through me in French, right? Because I don't know French. And so I wouldn't be able to, to trust that the words were right, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's even rare for Joshua to, to give me a word I don't know. It happens, but not that often. Recently, recently the word was obfuscate, which I didn't know what that word, but it was used perfectly in that writing. Yes. But it's like the future is one of those things that possibly they could tell me, but if I don't believe it, if I don't, if I don't recognize it, and I wouldn't because it's just the future. This is why a lot of the stuff about, you know, the other channels talk about 
archangels and Atlantis and things like that. I have no interest at all because anything that's not, that's not verifiable with an experience, I'm not interested. I want to know about concrete stuff that we can do to improve our lives. Mm. And that's why Josh was at this level because I'm at that level. I'm like, I want to know specific stuff in detail. I want to know, even if it's radical, like the idea that we're all perfect, that there is imperfection is a myth, you know, mm. you don't hear that anywhere, but right. if you take that as a foundational belief, it's absolutely empowering, right? That here I am trying to figure out a way to self-improve. And then here Joshua is saying that self-improvement's a myth, mm. you know? It's like, oh, okay, now how do we wrap your heads around that? Well, it makes sense. We were perfect that they were born. We have everything we need. The only thing that's stopping us is our limiting beliefs, and that's the illusion that we're imperfect and we need to improve. But the idea that you can improve is why we're all here. We wouldn't be here if we didn't want to improve. Right? So it's like this catch-22. It's very interesting. No, it's absolutely. There's, this is part of the game. We, we want to feel what it's like to be be part of creation because everything is there is no creation everything you know non-physical and there's no preference you know it's obviously you know you want chocolate vanilla it's all equal and all equal and and, and here we, we want that disparity and the contrast and it's coming to grips with that on accepting the uncertainty just like that's that's what we came here for but being certain that it will turn out for the best and in your case obviously what i want to go back to is just that idea that the that your inner self came out so strongly in actual audio as well, right? Speaking to you as a different voice and even your own voice, but I, I, it, I'm guessing it, it was so clear that it did sound like, a, at least in the beginning, like a different voice, correct? Well, yes. So this is an interesting thing because I have talked to people who say that that voice sounds different, but most people say the voice is your, and Joshua says, it's your voice. Mm. The thoughts you think, right, are attractive. And those thoughts have the same voice the whole time. It would be weird if there was a strange voice saying boom, boom, boom. That would be, that wouldn't be you. You're, it's your inner self. And this, all this Joshua work is about, don't listen to Gary, don't listen to Joshua, don't listen to anyone else. Listen to that inner self. That inner self is there for everyone. And we've just been listening to Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And in the very beginning of the book, Napoleon Hill, which is, this book was written in 1938, is saying he, went and interviewed all these titans of industry. And the one thing that all these titans of industry knew is that they had an inner voice, that they had an inner self. And all the wisdom that you need for your life comes from that inner self. You don't need to look at anything outside of you, but we're being distracted by going to school, listening to teachers, listening to parents, and being told, you don't know anything, you have to listen to someone else. And so you get turned into this sheep type character that always follows somebody else and never listens to themselves. Well, in that Napoleon Hill, Outwitting the Devil, the devil is saying that only 2% of the population is thinking for themselves. Everyone else is being led by something else, right? A lot of it's religion. And, and that is just how humans are developed up until this point in time. Now we're here 2020 and more and more people are starting to think for themselves. Yet there's even more people who are trying to control everyone else. And that's like cancel culture that's going around now. Uh, the interesting thing is the belief systems seem to be so strongly entrenched 
at teenagers. The teenagers are blindly following some, some whatever ideology that it is on all different spectrums of this. They're not thinking for themselves. Um, and the reason for this is that your belief systems allow you to feel safe in this reality that is, that is completely up to you, you know? And most people aren't ready to think that way, to think that I'm the creator of my reality, because if I'm the creator of my reality, I wouldn't have created this, right? Yeah. And no, you need to go through all this shit in your childhood years, in your teenage years, in your young adult years, so that you can come to an awareness of how the system actually works. And so it's actually set up by you prior to your birth, this trajectory, so that you would, you would have a chance to discover you know, what you came here for. Mm -hmm. And so people who are finding this podcast and the, and the other Law of Attraction podcasts out there are being guided by their inner self to these things, mm -hmm. even though they may not be aware of it. And this is why we talk so much about inspiration, knowing the difference between inspiration and an urge to control the conditions, you know. Just that technique alone, you know, realizing that, that there's two basic states of being. One is in fear, and one is in acceptance or in love, right? And that's, that latter is alignment and the former is out of alignment. So in fear, when you perceive something wrong is happening, you are not connected any longer to your inner self and you're actually connected to a stream of consciousness based in fear. You might call that hell, right? You are in hell receiving these fear-based thoughts and these urges to change the conditions. And most humans say, okay, well, sometimes I'm, I'm feeling bad and sometimes I'm feeling good and they don't know how to, how to manage those states of being. And we say, okay, your natural state of being is alignment. This is your only priority in life is to maintain that state of alignment. And in that state of alignment, you'll be receptive to inspiration coming from your inner self and intuition and nice thoughts and fun times and all these things, right? You're going with the flow of life. When you're feeling fear because you think something is wrong or bad is happening, it's actually an illusion. And in that illusion, you're receiving thoughts, you're not manufacturing, you're receiving them, that ask you to change the conditions. And if you control or can change the conditions, you're gonna make your life worse. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be beneficial. It's not wrong to do that, it's just not gonna be an effective way to live life. So this is a radically new idea for people. Yep. I mean, where has this been taught before? And how to embrace, I mean, there's, there's, the funny thing is there's five Joshua books, there's all these podcasts, there's videos, there's all this information out there, but unless you go through an experience, it's not gonna register. And that's what that bootcamp is, is a, a way to put this into an experiential practice. Exactly, I mean, it's, it's definitely changed my thinking uh, going through uh, the, the daily routines and, even just having a, a, a general for anybody, if they had to start the day with a meditation and positive affirmations and, and intentions, and just watch how the days develop based upon this one practice and how that can change things. Uh, that's, that's something that is an, I guess it would probably is the one practice you would probably tell people to do the most is like really start, correct, but start the day off with a new clean slate, right? Yeah. Well, absolutely, meditation is the way. You know, meditation is the way to a brand new life. And then secondly is a daily spiritual practice where you are writing by hand everything you appreciate, what you're grateful for, you're setting your intentions, you're paying attention to the inspiration you received the day before, 
you're you know, segment intending throughout the day, you're living basically in that day and not in the future of the past. And that is a, you know, that's only like, what are we talking about? Half an hour a day, mm -hmm. right? Half an hour a day to set yourself up properly to really get the most out of the day. You know, and then when you take care of the day, then tomorrow takes care of itself because you build on this momentum towards yeah. it. Yeah. And then the second thing would be to understand that that your belief system is governing what you think is right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you think something is wrong, it's because you have a limiting belief. And it's 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 engaging this thing that you think is wrong until you can you know, identify and resolve that limiting belief. So you, so we want to change our set of beliefs from limiting to more empowering, to limiting to, to more, less based in fear and more based in love and acceptance. And that radically changes it because the belief system influences our vibration. And if we have a belief system that is more based in love, then we will have a higher vibration and we'll attract more things based in love. You know, that's just how this thing works because the limited belief system is fighting against all these things you think are wrong. And it's the exploration of fear. And who wants to be on the exploration? I mean, we've all done it to a certain extent. Now let's change that exploration to what amazing things could we experience here? Yeah. It's a, it, I wanna, there's, a, there's a perspective that some people have, and I'll call it the cynical perspective, where they say, okay, it seems like I wouldn't even say that some of them accept this is how reality is, but they say that I am still a free agent. I believe in, I want to exercise free will. So damn you higher self for showing me this uh, red thread. I'm going to, despite that, um, hold on to my principles as an egoic self, a persona, what is right. I believe that, you know, it's wrong uh, to, uh, contaminate the environment with nuclear waste and uh, therefore I'm going to rally against that wrong because it is objectively wrong <laughs> not just subjectively supposedly but this perspective and I think a lot of people are in that mindset of of course trying to but what they discover and we all I can know for myself in the past uh, you know I did I was all we're all a part of that like we want to be just we want to we want the world to be a better place and and then wait a second, this is an illusion. Okay, <laughs> there's the, the, it's, our power comes from within. It's, it's, it's literally this alignment aspect and we are being shown the way out of the labyrinth with, with a lighted way, yeah. Right. And, and that lighted way is gonna go against the way we're thought. Like, right. oh, I have, I have to help that person. But well, why do you think you need to help that person? How does that help you by going into their problems? And, you know, you just have to look at your Facebook feed and see the people yes. who, who are, are in this stream of thought of the lower stream, the negative. And it's not, I don't want to give an evaluation of Laurel. It's obviously just a mindset that's more constrictive right. and doesn't allow expansion and Limiting more clarity. Limiting and it's fear-based fear and it's not fun. No. So, yeah. Okay. So the reason people believe things are wrong, the reason they watch the news, the reason they hold on to their limiting beliefs so strongly, the reason they hold on to their own self-imposed limitations is because from their perspective, it keeps them safe. See, the reason people watch the news is they say, if I'm informed, I can 
navigate my way around all these horrible things that are happening. Good luck with that. Yeah, it doesn't work, right? <laughs> it doesn't work at all. And, but the, the opposite of that is to them much more scary. You mean, if I just embrace that I'm perfect as I am, then everything will start to improve, you know? Well, that is a big risk to take. You know? If I just be authentic, you, people will like me more than this false persona that I'm putting out there. If I don't care what people think, they'll end up liking me more. You know, mm. I get all these benefits from being who I truly am instead of this limited version of me. No, the limited version of you seems like that's the safest way to go because it's how you've done it your whole life and it's what you've been taught. You start getting aware that that doesn't work. You start being led to this information. And then now you're, you're asked to say, you are the creator of your reality and that you can have me do anything you want. But in order to do that, you have to push past fear and act on inspiration. You have to trust yourself. You have to realize that your guidance is coming from within. You have to realize that you are God in physical reality. You can't hide out anymore. So there's two approaches to life. One is the old approach of fear and control where people are simply living in fear. They're living in a constant state of fear. And from that, all the diseases come from, all the problems in their life come from, all these unwanted things come from living a life in fear. Nothing they want will ever come from that, but it does feel as if they're safer, okay? So I'll give them that. The other approach to life is realizing you're the creator of your reality, that you're gonna receive inspiration to move you forward, and that every single time you receive any inspiration, you're going to feel fear, and you're gonna to have to push past that fear. You're gonna to have to be courageous, and that is scary and it's uncomfortable and it's constantly one of moving out of your comfort zone you know and you know as humans we're we're so controlling 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 that to radically change that approach to life and give up the control well you're going to feel uncomfortable for a good year doing that <laughs> right uncomfortable yeah. yes. and you're going to argue with me and you're going to say this is bullshit and you're going to want to quit all the time and then you're going to get to this hump that you come over and you go oh my god this is so much better this is and you're going to look at people differently and have this perspective and clarity you go, i was living like those people and they are in such fear you know mm -hmm. oh it's amazing the, you know the people that we hang out with now in the boot camp this is this different group of people and we can all see the other people in our lives who are living that old approach who are just consumed with fear. The way people are responding to coronavirus in our group is completely different than the rest of the world. You know, um, we, we're just things people will say on Facebook. They're, they're not looking at the statistics of what it really is. They're looking at, you know, if you're 20 years old and you're totally healthy, then you don't really need to have a fear about this, right? Well, if you're 80 years old and you fear death, you're gonna have a fear. But if you're 80 years old and don't fear death, you're not gonna have a fear, you know? It's going, it's that thing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's that was the, the only um, Joshua that was ever removed from, from YouTube. Oh, they was the coronavirus one. Oh, wow. And it was actually the most, at the time, the biggest, um, views of any of anyone well, and yeah well in youtube yeah yes. the podcast too but in YouTube, the podcast is still there 
but it's really saying, look, this is a, this whole system is based in love. There is nothing to fear. Everything, everything you think you don't want, everything you think you fear, what you truly want is on the other side of that fear, right? It's the fear that's unpleasant. And we can process that fear and we can look at things in a new way. We can opt out of, of having to live limited lives in fear and instead live courageous lives in love. And everything you truly want comes from that perspective. It doesn't seem that radical when we're looking at it from here, but when you're looking at it from the old approach to life, it seems totally radical. Yeah, yeah. and so how many people on the planet are even in embracing this idea of a new approach to life? Just as far as I know, us, you know. It's like now from where we stand right now, you look at Abraham and you see all the people who, who love the law of attraction, love what Abraham says, and who are just scratching at the surface of this iceberg, right? At the very tip of it. And there's so much depth in, in all of this, so much potential. And we're just scratching at the tip of it, you know? And here we feel like we're on this leading edge of leading edge of thought. We're just still scratching the tip of it. It's absolutely, it's, it, it, it actually, it's very, it maybe a counterintuitive because, but if you look at nature, and this comes up, I think, and I had a few discussions, is you look at the animals, nature, it's a perfect system where instinct, that inner instinct, that knowingness that we have, also have as kids, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's what we're going back to here. This is, this is our real authentic nature, not the overanalyzing, preparing. Uh, this, is, you know, this is not the way reality has been built. It, it hasn't been For built. anyone, yeah. No, it's not meant to be something where you're, you're supposed to uh, think of many steps ahead. Right. And, and plant anybody who who does that they may have some sort of outside success but they're not inside you can ask any one of them like yourself included you you followed many steps to become quite successful you were you had a million a couple of million i think and at least in assets and and, and you, you felt inside which probably worried you a bit was that there was a such discrepancy like oh i've achieved by following these steps but i never i really something inside once more correct Is, yeah Exactly. And, and that's where a lot of people, the spiritual awakening happens when you hit that wall of, mm -hmm. you know, oh, okay, uh, this, this, this doing, this, this, you know, trying to achieve, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it doesn't bring what I really want. And, um, you know, learn from the kids, you learn from the, the animals. And I think they're, they're perhaps our, some of our best teachers, to be honest. Um, just, yeah. So if you think about this as a feeling reality, and the only thing that matters is how you feel. When did you ever feel the best in your life? Probably when you're five years old, yeah. you know, <laughs> when you're a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And especially when, when I was a kid in the 60s and 70s, we were so free. It was amazing. We could just get on our bikes and go anywhere. Yeah. Nobody worried about us. We came home at dinner. We played at night. We spent the night at friends' houses. We did all kinds of stuff. We used to just wake up in the middle of the night and run around and do doorbell ditching and, you know, and, it's amazing. It was great. Um, and then you get serious and serious and serious and serious. And, you know, that's not fun either. So we always have to move towards these better feeling feelings. These, why, why is feeling good so rewarding? 
And why don't we want to feel good? Because in feeling good, you don't really have any control, right? You have to give up the control. When you're out with your friends and you're just having the best time ever, you're not trying to control anything. You're really going with the moment and you're just having fun and enjoying everyone, right? And this is what we need to look at. In every area of your life, there's a feeling that you can get out of that that's more significant than any other feeling you've ever had. So if you are thinking about having a relationship, Tracy and I got together two years ago. And the way I feel about her, I've never felt about anyone in my life. The way I feel about this relationship, I didn't know that this kind of relationship existed. I didn't know it could be this fun with somebody. And it's like, that's the interesting thing, because if you don't know what's out there, you don't really realize what you're missing. I think this is the reason that the Berlin Wall fell apart because they started getting TV and you know, getting to see Dallas and shows like this and realizing how well the Western civilization is living compared to them. I have right? to interject there. Uh, actually, it was David Hasselhoff who brought down the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Did you hear about that? David Hasselhoff claims that he was the reason the Berlin Wall came down. From because what, Baywatch? No, no. Back then, it was he. He had he, he had his uh, career, singing career. You know, he's very he was very big in Germany. Right. And he uh something like uh freedom. He had some sort of crazy song that didn't make it to the states. <laughs> but uh, according to David, he's the reason. But that's only him. Yeah. Well, was, I mean, he, I'm sure he had parts to do with it. But when you when you can see something that other people have, yeah. right, that you want, then you build that desire, and the desire will lead you there right? The desire is this engine of manifestations. And so we have to realize that life could be so much better than, than it is now. And really let that desire propel us forward. It's hard to say it because what, what we say success is, is how you feel. But how do you know how anyone else feels, right? I feel better now than I've ever felt my whole life. I'm 57 years old. I'm in the best shape of my life. I have so much energy. I have so much vigor for life. I'm excited about waking up every day. And, you know, I live in a beautiful town, in a beautiful house, with a beautiful relationship, with fun, exciting stuff going on all the time, in work that I am totally satisfied doing. And financially, it's probably the lowest point of many years, you know, since, uh, since the crash but it's everything I need. I don't need more than I have. I have everything I need. I used to have money in the bank and I used to have assets and it was all bullshit and all went away like that anyway, right? Mm -hmm. You're never controlling any of it. So here I am living this more, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, I have everything I need. I can buy anything I want. It's, that's, it's a very nice life, but compared to how it was or what other people would say is success, it isn't that and that doesn't need to be that. It's exactly what I need to do what I'm exploring to do. So I have the wherewithal to do anything that I can conceive of doing easily. And this is the way to live life. But how do we, how do we show other people without showing them these trinkets that, you know, the yacht and the, and the vacations and, you know, the cars and all this bullshit stuff that doesn't matter. Well, that's what people are used to focusing in on instead of the exhilaration one feels with a life that's working out very well. No, I would say that the, it's the, the glow, the child, the child s glow that an individual has. The Dalai Lama has that also, you know, where, yes, you know, and exactly. that, it's like, that's what draws people 
to him and to to any of these teachings of these people it's not and there, there are people who have all the trinkets and also have that glow they're you know obviously uh they're perhaps a bit more far between uh but i think because the more you have the more light people looking at you expectations on you you're not yeah. doing yourself as a favor because then you're like i have to be careful about what I, how I present myself because there's so many eyeballs looking at me, you know, and that's all in their mind too. But right. that, that's, that's very, that makes you less authentic, authentic. Although a lot of these people who do have great success, I think they start out with a lot of authenticity. Yes. And, and, and then at some point they want to get into that fear mode, you know, first mm-hmm. it was the, the, they were more fearless, you know, uh, I think of like one of the most fearless individuals as being like Stevie O you know, from Jackass, you know, is a mm-hmm. great example of a guy who just like, he had this rule, like, um, on the count of three, he always did a stunt. Yeah. So he never, in all his life, no matter what, he would jump or whatever he was doing on the count of three, never, never did not do that. And that's, that shows you what level he was of understanding and trusting in life. People may think, oh, he's a fool. Well, right. he, be, he became very successful and, and, and he did not have the goal of, uh, getting all this stuff and you know but then then he got all the stuff and things fell apart you know drug problems and I mean you know a lot of other shit but now he has his own I think podcast and he seems like a very he's, he's like a a sober down version of the previous version but I think we can learn from these people I think uh, absolutely and, and that's a great point is that he always acted on his inspiration mm-hmm. he never succumbed to it and so this is really the crux of this new approach to life is saying, I'm going to pay attention to the inspiration. I'm going to create a life where I feel good so much of the time that I know that when I'm inspired, that is an inspired idea. And then I'm going to push past the fear that comes up every time. And the fear is generally this, the fear says you can do it later. You don't have to do it now, right? Very subtle. No, you got to do it now. You got to do it now. And so what I like about how I'm living life now is that I have these calls set up, right? So here's the call to you and I have other calls and other these things set up all throughout the day. And so I'm going pretty seamlessly from one to the other. So in this communication that we're having here, which will reach other people and it's a co-creative process between you and me and our inner selves, we're receiving inspiration on what to say. And that is being guided by your cells. There's no notes here. I have no idea what this is going to be about. And so we're just letting it up. And in that, we are just really channeling right now. Absolutely. We're channeling our inner cells and just going with the flow of what those thoughts are without having any attachment to what, how we're perceived by each other or by someone else listening or where this is going. We don't care. Yeah. We're just doing it for the joy of this. And in this, we have talking for almost an hour here. It goes by like that. It's enjoyable. It's fun. This is how we know that we're on the right track. So putting ourselves into things that, that we, you know, I know it's fun and I know it's, it's, uh, but it's also a commitment. I committed to you that I would be here on time. And I'm saying, I'm going to be here no matter what, because I know this is enjoyable. Now fear is always popping up. Oh, you could be doing something else or, you know, you, you'll have to take a shower first or this stuff or that stuff or be presentable or shave or whatever. And it's like, no, that's just all that fear. Yeah. So you identify that these little tiny negative 
thoughts are just fear. And you say, okay, I can blow those off. It doesn't matter. When I'm really interested in this time that I have with Justin, just to see what, where this goes and have no attachment to any of it. That's, and that's what the whole phenomenon of the podcasting is really about, I think. It's allowed so-called amateurs and to, who have no attachment to networks or careers where they, so they can be, we can be more authentic. I, I mean, I can't lose a job. I mean, YouTube could right. block me, whatever. Um, I'm now putting these videos mostly on Facebook, you know, and I'm, I'm not using uh, much YouTube, uh, but it's like, uh, this is the, the the way it's supposed to be and and you get and you get you see the you see the ones that are successful like you're a big fan of joe rogan same same as me it's obvious that that guy when he first started his podcasting now he, he sold it for like what was it 50 million i don't even know like a ridiculous yeah. sum to uh, spotify yeah. and like a million episodes it's like holy shit this has so much but because he's authentic you know people want to talk to joe rogan uh, because he doesn't put a filter in front of himself like other people do. He's, he, he, I mean, the stuff that he says, this Joey Diaz guy, when he comes on, you couldn't get a guy like that on any show in the 90s talking like that. Never. That would be Never. like, you'd be, you know, uh, but it, it's a- But it's authentic. It's authentic. People are craving authenticity. Yep. So I can't even watch most network TV anymore huh. because it's so inauthentic, right? I crave authenticity and authenticity is I'm just going to present to you who I am because it's enjoyable and fun and I'm interested in doing this and you can like it or not like it. I don't care. But you know, Joe Rogan started this thing 10 years ago and it's like, we're just going to have, we have these conversations anyway. Why not just record them? Right. And just have fun and then make it into this long format that everyone says you can't do bullshit. We're going to do whatever we're, and we're going to talk like how we normally talk. We're not going to sugarcoat this and no one's going to tell us what to do ever. And we have no attachment to the outcome. And, and actually the outcome, I don't think is, I think it's grown too big for him because now he's, you know, now he's moving from LA to, oh, to uh, Texas. You know why he's moving? Why? Well, because this deal, he's, he would have to pay 10% or 13% of whatever it was. Right. So if you imagine the deal was hundred million, no one knows what it is though. All conjecture about that is just showing you that people will believe anything, right? Yep. Whatever it is, 10% is gonna go, or whatever that is to California. It's like, really, I'm gonna give $13 million to California? I can just move to Texas, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's a big into hunting, I guess too. So maybe he's, uh, I don't know what the, what, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing, this will be interesting to see what happens with his shows and his, the idea of authenticity, if that, if, if he loses his spark and, and... Yeah, well, I think he's gonna lose his spark because now he's, now he's morphed into literally one of the most famous people in the world. Yes, that's you know? And is that what he wa truly wants? Probably not, right? Oh. Is that what anyone truly wants? Probably not. No, that's yeah. too much on the shoulders. It's all an idea too. So it'd be just like him believing that he needs to match some sort of standard. Maybe he thinks he has yeah. to say things that are good uh, that, you know, then he has, of course, Spotify probably saying, you know, you know, you have to talk more with these type of people. Before it was just his passion was fighting MMA and, and like, holy shit. I mean, it's kind of like my passion now is channeling and like, it doesn't make any sense why, you know, a lot of people would watch this and, uh, you know, but the, the, that, 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 that feeling he had about it was so genuine and, and it spread out to, you know, marijuana, I think we talked a lot about and mm -hmm. uh, uh, spirituality and UFOs. Oh. Big guy yeah. that I, 
uh, was Graham Hancock. I discovered him through Joe Rogan, was fascinated with his ideas about, you know, how old uh, you know, our civilizations actually probably are, or ones yeah. that we lost. And just like the, 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 and I was an amateur archaeologist too, that doesn't, can't go the normal academic route. So you're going to, but Joe Rogan gets, gives that guy an outlet for, you know, a platform to make him bigger than any other archaeologist around. I mean, yeah. he, and that's, that's the potential of this. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then, but the whole thing is not to have any attachment to outcome mm. because once you have an attachment to outcome, you'll start to steer it. And that steering is fear, fear-based, right? And that will never bring you anything you want. So we just, we do everything to remove the fear. And so if you have a manifestation event, it's to show you that there's some wobble in your vibration. There's some fear there that we need to iron out get that fear out of there so that we can be more pure in receiving that guidance. And that guidance will always lead us to what we want. But even though sometimes it will lead us right into another manifestation event, you know, <laughs> now this, the strange never ends and uh, yeah, we have to embrace it. And I think that's uh, probably a good note to end the podcast on Gary. Awesome. Um, I'm very thankful and uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing, living in the moment, right? You too. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Just man. let it flow. You know, it's getting bigger and bigger and better and better and more fun, more fun. And you have no idea where this is going to lead and just do it because it's interesting. That's the guidance. You're doing it because it's interesting. And then pay attention to where your fear is. You know, the idea is that you come, come to you and say, oh, I couldn't, I could never do that. I could never bullshit. One, two, three, go do it. <laughs> he's a, he's a spiritual guru, Steve. Yo, I mean, absolutely. It's like, why not? Um, why not? Yeah. Dude, I wish you a wonderful, uh, what time is it there now? Is it like 10 o'clock? Yeah, 10.01. No, 10.01, that's perfect. Uh, I'm uh, German time, 4.01. Still kind of synchronistic, but not yep. really. Uh, Excellent. Wish you a wonderful day. You too. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.